Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So we're continuing um, uh, the journey um, of 40 days of prayer. Um, I don't know, I think there's, there's in excess of 270 people that are on the journey. Do encourage you with that. You know, if you've missed a couple of mornings, that's okay as well. Don't don't beat yourself up. Um, sometimes, you know, life happens and you might miss out on that devotion. But I, I do encourage us, let's continue. We're halfway through now, which is so, so exciting. And uh, for us and our family, we are enjoying um, the 40 days of prayer. Uh, just love the journal, love the way that it's been outlined. And, you know, I really encourage you. I'm really thinking about uh, next year for us as a, as a local church. I'd love to think that our whole church goes on a, a prayer reading journey together next year and journaling as well. I think that would be so, so healthy for us to do. So we'll give some thought to it and have some talk and, and see. But imagine that for next year, rather than just doing the 40 days and that's it. Imagine if we all just continue on this journey. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm more excited about you lot, but anyway, that's good. I wanted to bring your remembrance this morning, a couple of reasons why we're going through this 40 days. And the first thought for many people, uh, the first thought is this. When we think about the number 40, the number 40 is significant within the Word of God. The number 40 represents in Scripture new beginnings. And I believe that God is about to bring new beginnings to many people. If you're not sensing a new beginning now, I believe that that's part of the purpose of what God has for our lives, for us individually, that he's about to bring to us a new beginning. And that's the first thought I wanted to remind you of. The 40 days is a significant number. It's not just a good number that, that, that Rick Warren come up with. It's a, there's a lot wrapped around Scripture and the Word of God about the significance of 40. So that's the first thing. But the second thing, the 40 days is intended to build Good habits, new habits in our studies have proven if you do something for 40 days, it'll become a habit in your life. Who wants a habit of reading the Word of God? Who wants a habit of praying? Amen. Who wants a habit of being a part of a small group? Because those habits will set you up for success. Amen. I'm preaching better than your amen in this morning. You hear it today? 40, the number 40 is significant and why the 40 days is because it has the potential to build new habits into us. You know, over the next couple of weeks, people are going to be learning about praying through the Lord's Prayer. And when I was growing up... Um, I would often pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, uh, depending on how naughty I was. Uh, when I went to confession, um, I was given um, three Hail Marys and three Hail Our Fathers in Heavens to pray, uh, depending on how bad I was. And sometimes it was, might have been ten. I was pretty bad. And so I'd you know, go home and pray the Hail Mary. I've even forgotten the Hail Mary. Hail Mary full. Anyway, don't waste time, Shane. Um, but used to pray that and then used to pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father in Heaven. And, you know, I want to say this this morning. Um, there's nothing wrong. It's, it's a great thing to pray the Lord's Prayer. But as we start to look at the Lord's Prayer, we see that Jesus just didn't intend us to pray it as just a, 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 a prayer. But actually, we're learning that you can break the Lord's Prayer down into like a prayer guide, if you want, into specific topics that we can start to pray through. And so that's what we're going to be learning together over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, this morning, I want to share with you, I found it during the week, it's so encouraging, um, another model of prayer uh, that Rick Warren uses, and it's called the Five Dimensions of Prayer. And I'm excited about this this morning because I believe it's going to freshen up a lot of our prayer lives. 
I really am. I'm looking forward to sharing these thoughts with you this morning because I, I believe it's going to really um, encourage us. It just gives us a, you know, a lot of times people just don't know um, what to pray or how to pray. Well, this is a, this is a model uh, that we're going to discover out of the Word of God that I believe will really help you in your prayer this week. And, you know, this week I want to encourage you, if you haven't um, started to add a time of prayer to your devotion, not just writing out the prayer, which is just such a, a great thing to do. I'm encouraged as, know what? You know, you write down the prayer and then a week later it comes to pass. I said a couple of weeks ago, how many times do we pray and we ask God and then we forget but God answers the prayer? (laughs) It's awesome, but God does that. So anyway, moving on. So you really want to encourage you to start to put time aside, not only just to spend time in the Word of God and, and, and studying the Scripture and, and writing down, but start to take some time to practice the Lord's Prayer. Start to pray. You, you might think, you know, at first you feel a little bit clunky and I'm not quite sure, but start to use the model. You know, some people in this room have got a great prayer life. You know why they've got a great prayer life? Because God just loves them more. And he just touched them with his wand and now they've got this amazing prayer life. You know why they've got a great prayer life? Because they've been practicing. Practicing for years and years and getting it right. And the main thing that God's looking for in our prayers is sincerity of heart. Amen. So you mightn't be perfect to start with, but he's just looking for sincerity of heart. But take the Lord's Prayer and the stuff that you're learning and start not just to do the journal, but to add 10 minutes of prayer as well, praying through those thoughts there that God's giving us through the Word of God. Amen. So this morning we want to look at another model of prayer that we can use to help us to stay focused. Everyone say focused. Focused in our prayer journey. Um, Sometimes it can be very, very hard um, to stay focused. And this morning, what I'm about to share with you are just really prompts to help us to stay focused in prayer. I find the greatest challenge to prayer is my brain. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much for all that you've done. Wow, I wonder if the crabs are on this week. No, they're not. We just went in the wrong spot, honey, that's all. Trust me, darling. We were were just like a meter off. There, Steve's going with me next time. <laughs> Wrong side of the boat. Thank you, Steve. That's right. <laughs> so just prompts to keep us focused. And, but as I said before, um, often our minds can be the biggest barrier. You know, another thing that really helps me is to play worship music quietly in the background. Because as soon as my mind starts to drift off, it just brings me back into, oh, God, thank you. I need to, need to be focusing on you. Um, I, once, in fact, I once heard a quote about prayer, and it's, and it's gr- a great one. I love it. It goes like this. Pray until you start praying. Pray until you start praying. Often when it comes to saying, I'm going to seek you, God, we've got all this stuff going on in our lives, all the, all the worries. You see the scripture this morning uh, about Jesus talking about worries. Worry, don't worry about t- 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 today, I think he said, because tomorrow's got enough. You've got enough. Go- anyway, shut up, Shane. But it was about worry. And, uh, you know, often when we come to set, set inside a time to pray, we can come with all this stuff. And that's why I love that thought there. Uh, pray until you start praying. Amen. Because remember, we're learning to pray. We're rediscovering the purpose of prayer in our lives. And so this morning, I want to give us the, the five dimensions of prayer, um, uh, the steps, the uh, the pathway, the, the, um, the, the, the prompters to help us through. And these are the five dimensions. Number one, look back. Number two, look up. Number three, look within. Number four, look out. And number five, look forward. Amen. 
these are all pr- uh, pa- uh, uh, models that we can pray through. So the first one is this. Number one, uh, when, when it comes to me getting ready to pray, the first thing that I can do, number one, is look backwards towards the cross. I start with the cross. It's a good start to start your prayers with a cross because it starts with an attitude of gratitude. Amen. As soon as I start to look back at the cross and see what Jesus has done for me, understand and appreciate again all that he's gone through for me, I start to immediately get an attitude of gratitude. And gratitude is a great place to start, amen? Because it helps you to get a thankful heart. And straight away, rather than going, oh, I've got to pray. No, I firstly, I look back. I look to the cross. I look to what Jesus has done for me on that cross there. And when I think about Jesus Christ dying for me on the cross, it instantly reminds us of three things. Number one, how deeply God loves us. Number one, the cross reminds us how deeply God loves us. Absolutely, God loves you with an unfailing, unfathomable love. God loves us. That's the first thing that it reminds us. Number two, it reminds us how costly and evil sin is. Number two, it reminds us how costly and evil sin is. We start to remember what Jesus endured on that cross because of our sin. It reminds us how costly sin is. And number three, the third thing, when I start by looking back at the cross, the third thing is this, I remember how completely forgiven I am. As far as the east is from the west, so far as our Father in heaven removed our transgressions from him. Oh, what a thought. Tell me you've got a stunned mullet. Look, what's going on, bro? I'm just joking. <laughs> How completely and utterly I'm forgiven. So number one, the first thought, when I'm praying, I start by looking back at the cross. That's a good way to start your prayers because it helps you to understand how much God loves you. And even though you were, you were in sin and you were a mess, you're completely forgiven. I look backwards towards the cross. First Peter, listen to the scripture there. Chapter 1, verse 18 to 19 says this, God paid a ransom to save you. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. Pauline touched on it before. Life without Christ. Wow. Aren't you glad today that you're saved? Aren't you glad today that there's a purpose far greater than just living this life, saving for retirement and dying? Amen? No, this life is just preparation for the next one that God has for us. Amen? So God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Thought is this this morning. Do you want to know how much you are worth? You look at the cross. Do you want to know how much you're worth? You look at the cross. How astounding. The Son of God became a son of man so the sons of man could be the sons of God. Amen? He did. Jesus did what we could not do for ourselves. You and I couldn't pay for the things that we've done wrong. Neither could I. So he said, I love them that much. That shows how much we're worth. He gave his own self for us. The Son of God died for all of us. We could have had all the money in the world, all the money in Westpac, all the money in whatever bank it might be that we have our money in, and we still would not have had enough to pay for the debt that we owed God. But Jesus paid it for us. So the first thing we need to do is, is start in prayer by taking a moment or two to think about the cross, to reflect on the cross, to allow God to 
put an attitude of thankfulness in our hearts. It prepares our hearts to pray when we start with the cross, number one. So number one, we look um, back at the cross. Number two, the second thing that we do after we've looked at the cross, number two, I look towards, or excuse me, I look upward into my heavenly Father's face. So I look to the cross, then I start to take some time to look upwards towards my heavenly Father's face. That's the second area that we can pray. I start by thinking about the cross, and then I turn from my backwards experience to looking upward into my heavenly Father's face. The first thing you want to focus on is that God wants you not to see Him as your dictator, not to see Him as your boss, not to see Him as your supervisor, not to see Him as your coach. When you, listen to this this morning. When Jesus said, this is how you should pray, He said, you should call God your Father. God, your Father. We don't, we don't realize and really appreciate how radical that was when Jesus said that, that you should call God your Father. Because nowhere else for thousands of years within the Word of God or anywhere else is God in heaven ever referred to as Father. But Jesus introduces this concept to the disciples. Call him your Father. You see the depth of relationship there that God's wanting to have with us? It's incredible. One of the things I believe that Jesus came to do is to explain what God is really like. And he says, God wants you to call him Father. The way you see God, listen to this, will control your life more than any other thing in your life. The way you see God will determine uh, how you view God and how you relate to God. And sometimes we can pray unfulfilling prayers because we don't see God as our Father. Amen. But God's our Father. So the second thing we do is we look to God. We look up to the face of God, to, to our Father who loves us, who has good plans. Uh, lights are bright. We look up to our Father because Jesus introduces the concept that He's our Heavenly Father. Amen. I want to challenge you or encourage you this week with your prayers. Many people start their prayer with, Oh God in heaven or, Oh Lord. I want to challenge you this week to start your prayers with Father. Or what about take it another level, say, Daddy God. You might think, Shane, you're being stupid now. No. God, and he is. Lord, and he is. But Daddy God. I don't know about you, but that softens my heart pretty quickly. Daddy God. That's what, that's what Jesus said. We are to refer to our God in heaven as Daddy God. Not the dictator, not the boss. He's daddy. He's Abba Father. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. So the second thing that we do, listen to the scripture here, helps us to get an idea. Uh, as we should not be like cringing, fearful slaves, Romans chapter 8, 15 to 17. As we should not be like cringing, fearful slaves, that we should behave like God's very own children, adopted into the bosom of his family and calling him Father, Father. Start your prayers this week with Father, Father. Start your prayers this week with Daddy God. Amen. See how that changes your heart straight away. You'll start to look up to God. Amen. 
Father, Father, for the Holy Spirit speaks to us uh, deep in our hearts and tell us that we are really God's children. Incredibly powerful passage. I just want to bring three thoughts out of this passage about how we are to pray, and then I'll move on because I'm running out of time. Um, first thought is this. We learn out of this prayer, God wants my prayers to be personal. It says, Abba, God. Daddy God, Father, Father. First thing is God wants our prayers to be personal, amen. The second thing, God wants our prayers to be passionate, to cry out to God, amen. Calling to Him, Father, Father. God wants our prayers to be personal. God wants our prayers to be passionate. It's all right to come to God and pray with passion. It's all right to come to God and ask Him with fervency, amen. God's not embarrassed by any of that stuff. God's not worried about any. He wants us to come to Him with passion, with fervency in our hearts, amen. Hallelujah. And the third thing this morning, he wants us to pray by and through His Spirit. There's a scripture in the Word of God that says when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Prayer is a partnership as well, partnering with the Holy Spirit. So we look back. We start our prayer by looking at the cross. The second thing that we do is we spend some time looking up to our Father in heaven. That's how Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You see the correlation there. Hallelujah. The third thing that we do, we can do, if you choose to. It's up to you. I'm just sharing it this morning because I think it's awesome. Number three, the third part of our prayer is I look inward to Jesus living inside of me. I look inward to Jesus living inside of me. Did you know that Jesus lives in you this morning? When you become a Christian, when you stepped across the line, God put his spirit in you. Jesus lives in you. Jesus lives in you in you so i've turned from the cross i focus my attention on god the father now i start to look inward but what the problem can be is that there's some bad stuff in there with jesus there's some bad attitudes christians don't get attitudes do you there's some secret sins there's some compulsions, there's some fears, there's some hurtful memories, there's some resentful thoughts, there's some unforgiveness. Well, listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 to 15. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? The third thing in prayer is that we take some time assessing our hearts, assessing our lives. God, Holy Spirit, are there things in me that are not right? Holy Spirit, are there things that you want to show me about my heart today? God, how do I keep a right heart? You see it this morning? We look to the cross. We look to our Heavenly Father. Then we look within. God, is there anything within me that you're unhappy with? Is there anything in me, Jesus, that you want, want to see changed? Amen? So that's the third dimension. I look inward to Jesus living in me, and then I ask Jesus living in me to help me to do a little house cleaning. I know no one would need that in this place because you're all perfect, amen? I love it. But we, we ask Jesus to help us if there's any house cleaning that we need to do. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, says this. Uh, it's up on the screen there. He, who cover, he or she who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Ask any politician, they'll always tell you that cover-ups are worse than the sin. 
So if you hide, if you don't be open, if you don't do some self-examination, and I mean getting down on yourself and, you know, woe is me and I'm a bad, you know, oh gosh, you know. No, no, taking some time to say, well, God, is there stuff in me you want to address? Looking in, Jesus living in me. And then if there is, taking some time to say, well, Lord, create within me a new heart. Or God, thank you, I need to know, I need to go and get it right with that person. Or, or Father, I need to obey. You get the picture this morning? Self-evaluation. How am I going, Lord? How's my heart? So, so important that we do that. So, so important. The thought is this. When you start being honest to God, it takes you to a whole new level of intimacy with him. And the truth is God already knows what's going on in your life. Uh, we just need to be real and just to tell him stuff. Amen? Because he already knows it's there. But when we speak and share our heart and our desire or our concerns or our sin then it just takes us to a whole new level of intimacy with him. Amen. So firstly, I look back at the cross. It gets my heart right. Secondly, I look to the Father and uh, appreciate uh, how great he is. He's my daddy God in heaven. Thirdly, I take some time to uh, evaluate my heart. I look within. I see what's going on. Number four, the fourth thing that I do is I look around and I ask the Holy Spirit to use me. Then I start to look around and ask the Holy Spirit to use me. This is the fourth dimension of prayer. And you just, take, uh, you just look around and you look to the world around you and you say, Holy Spirit, show me where you want me to use me today. Got it? Show me where you want me to use me today. Instead of criticizing the world or complaining about the world or judging the world uh, or whining about the bad state of the world or blogging about how bad the world is or what's wrong with the world, uh, we just need to say, Holy Spirit, show me what's wrong and show me how I can make a difference today. Who do you want me to help? Got it? Fourth part of praying. Just, God, who do you want me me to help amen romans chapter 6 verse 13 it says this give yourself completely to god every part of you since you've been given a new life and you want to be used you want to be used as a tool in the hands of god used for his good purposes we are tools in the hands of god amen tools in the hands of God. So the first thing is I look to the cross. The second thing, I spend some time um, thanking my Father, my Daddy God in heaven, just getting my heart right. Third thing is I start to look inside and, and self-evaluate how am I going in my relationship with my Father and with others as well. And the fourth thing is I ask God, I start to look around. Is there someone that you wanted me to help today or this week? I hope so. <laughs> You and I were made for more. God, use me. I don't even know, you might, might not even know where, but I guarantee you the most profound um, way of getting an answer from God is saying, God, use me. <laughs> you pray that prayer, he will use you. You might be thinking this morning, um, you might be thinking, I've got to do something great. Well, thought this morning, stop trying to do something great. Stop trying to do something great with your life. Just do normal things with a great amount of love and God will bless that. Got it? That might be just this massive thing. You know, the whole of, you know, it might be just your neighbor. It might be just your workmate. It might be the pastor's car needs washing. Just kidding. Corey does that for me. <laughs> you getting anything this morning? Start tomorrow by going through. This model, amen? So the fourth thing is I ask God, God, who is there that you're wanting me to bless, to help? God, use me. Number five, the fifth thing, 
the last part of my prayer is I look forward to my future in faith. I look forward to my future in faith. And now in prayer, I've looked at the past. I've looked up. I've looked within. I've looked around. Now I'm looking forward. Amen? Looking forward. Now's the time to talk to God about all the stuff that's happening, the, the busy schedule, the stuff that's going on this year, the, the challenges that I'm facing. God, did you know God wants us to come and talk to him about even some of the small stuff? Many people don't come and pray to God because they think that he's too busy and our stuff's too small. Well, we're learning that God's so interested in every aspect of our lives and that he wants us to start a conversation with him in relation to our world and what's going on. Amen. Good stuff. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Daddy God, would you help me to prioritize? Daddy God, would you help me to get organized for this? With Father, Father God, would you just help me to know what words to say in this meeting I'm about to have? Father God, would you just help me to get um, 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 better disciplines at home? Or Father God, would you help me with my children? I'm, I'm struggling there. God, would you just give me the wisdom to know how to lead my kids? You know, God wants us to bring our prayers to him like that. But the fifth part is that we start to look forward. Amen. As I said before, often we don't pray because we think God is too busy. You know, sometimes I must admit as a parent, I drift. I hate it. But the kids will come to me and maybe start to talk and I'll just drift. I hate that. I'm the only bad dad at times. I shouldn't say bad, but... But, you know, they'll come and chat and I'll just be there and then my eyes go glazy. Oh. But, you know, that's bad. I, I take that on board. Huh? I've got to get better at that. But you know what? God, our Father, never does that. He never does that. Looks you right in the face, Emma, and he's listened to every word that you're saying. And we might think it's just in, insignificant. But he's like, really? That happened this week. I knew about it anyway, but pretending that it sort of snuck up on me. You know, that really happened to you. Oh, don't worry. I'm there for you. You get it? So I look forward. I start to bring those things to God. That's the truth because the truth is this. Listen to it as I conclude this morning. The truth is this. No one loves us more than our Father in heaven and he is a good dad. He is a good dad. If I could have the band back up, that would be great. The truth is today that we can pray to our Heavenly Father. Listen. The truth is today we can pray to our Heavenly Father. Again, take anything away this morning. Take away that thought that this week when I come to praying, I'm going to start my prayers with Father. Might even take it another level and say, I'm going to start my prayers with Daddy God. Daddy God. Because that's who he is. But the truth is today that we can come to God and we can pray to him and he hears our prayers all because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Jesus said this, no one can come to the Father unless they first come to me. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes this morning? I don't know everyone in this place this morning, but I would not want to presume for one moment that everyone has a relationship with a loving God that so loves you so much. He is not mad about you. He is mad for you, loves you.
And Jesus said, no one can come to the Father unless they come to the Son. Jesus died upon the cross. He made that sacrifice so that the price of our sins could be forgiven. But in order for us to forgiven, be forgiven, the Bible says that we must confess our sins, ask Him to forgive us, and receive Him as our Savior and as our Lord, and commit our lives to following Him. Then the Bible says that we shall be saved. In other words, the doorway to a relationship with our Heavenly Father swings right open at that point when we become born again, when we ask God to forgive us. And while every head's bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you are not born again, or you know this morning you need to become right with God, you know that there are things, if you looked within today, took the moment to look within, you know that there are things there that are separating you from God. While every head's bowed, if you would like to receive Jesus or receive Jesus again as your Lord, as your Master, while every head's bowed and eyes closed, would you raise your hand just quickly this morning as I look across the building? won't prolong it, but if you're here this morning, you know there's things between you and your Maker. You've never made Jesus your Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Amen. You may look up this morning.